0: Greetings, listeners. This is Termination Shock.
1: Hi, I'm Lachlan. Hi, uh, my name is Hi. Greg Stolze.
2: And my name is Jose. Uh, Jose Garcia.
1: Oh, Lachlan's Seduction! I didn't know we were doing full names. We can. I mean, if you
0: have no reason to conceal it. My name is Greg Stolze, and welcome to Termination Shock. We're going to be trying out a new game I've designed and recording it as a podcast. So, what could possibly go wrong, right? (laughs) Indeed. So, we'll start out. I guess I'll talk a little bit about the setting of Termination Shock and what's going on with it. And then we're going to kind of go over that. We'll go over the basic mechanics of how it works. Uh, And then we'll develop some characters. And next week, start in on exciting, horrifying science fiction adventures.
2: So
0: so the setting is you guys are going to start out on Mars, which is kind of the ghetto of the solar system in the time of the setting the singularity has arrived, but it is unevenly distributed. Earthling scientists discovered a technology called subwaves, which no one on Mars is allowed to even study or ask much about. But that was the key to making machines that could, to building programs that could build programs that were smarter than the programs that were building them, so that you could get this bootstrapping intelligence effect and as every good science fiction reader knows this inevitably leads to a skynet situation the earth had one has what so far been through two attempted robot apocalypses what has enabled the human race to survive the uprising of its heartless creations is that people on Earth began using the same process on themselves, using subwave technology to enhance their intellects to the point that they are no longer really human beings. The, the phrase in the setting is ex-human. And so Earth is, you know, the domain of the ex-humans. They permitted export of uh, subwave technology to the Venus colonies so venus is subhumans but for some reason they decided not to let the martians get hold of this so everyone on mars is a original stock basic human being and life on mars is tough they've imported a fair number of animals uh, some of which have been adapted to the planet and have survived so there are spiders on Mars, those, those are great. You've got you know, enough detrivores and bacteria around that the, uh, the situation, the planet is gradually, gradually developing a light, an ecosystem. But mostly, you guys are either in spacesuits or you're in domes. There are people like you mining the asteroid belt, but that is an area of extreme contention. Uh, The robots are constantly trying to sweep in and pick off miners at the same time that the Earthlings and the ex-human Earthlings sometimes go fight the robots, sometimes just tell human beings that they're on their own. There were some colonies out in the deep, far reaches of the solar system. Uh, Enceladus was the biggest one, but it has fallen. So that is the situation. Got any questions, dudes? I have a couple of questions.
1: Do you want to do niggling setting details first and broad strokes second, or vice versa?
0: Probably broad strokes first is the the best.
1: Um, So, so is it known, either by Martians or by the X's, whether the reason uh, Martians aren't allowed these technologies is because we're in some kind of, like, Bottle City of Candor type experiment, so they can see, like, how we fare without the technology while they sort of use themselves as a um, control group, if that makes sense? Well, they'd be the experiment and you'd be
0: the control group. You know, you oh, sorry, are the ones who aren't yeah. allowed to multiply your intellects. They give you all kinds of explanations. The explanations from the humans is that it would be too dangerous to give you these technologies that your culture is not ready for radical consciousness expansion the way that venus was and they you know hold up the example of earth and say you know earth earth is really messed up you know the climate change and the the wars with the robots have left it just really messed up which is why none of you should ever come here so So earth is is off limits
1: Oh, Earth is off-limits, okay. Is there, like, an embargo between long-distance, like, video or telephone communication between Mars and Earth? Uh, because I know that there's only an eight-minute delay in real life. So, like, do they just say, oh, there's, like, radiation, you can't talk to people on Earth and see how they're actually doing?
0: The r- communication on to with Earth is controlled. There's a lot of media that comes from Earth to Mars. Uh, mm-hmm. And... There are certain Martians who absolutely, you know, refuse to watch this stuff because mm-hmm. people who watch too much Earth media or, you know, even just little bits of it tend to start nodding along to the inhumanly beautiful Xes who, after all, have pushed forward psychology and advertising and anthropology and sociological technologies at the same crazy rate. So okay. they can out argue pretty much anyone and make anything sound rational if you listen to them long enough um, right and, you so know, people- they've they've bridged the uncanny valley you you guys have you guys heard of hyperreal objects yes <laughs> for our listeners okay how, how would you describe a hyper hyperreal?
1: It's something that um, adheres too well to the platonic ideal of whatever it is. So like a hyperreal cube has, I think, like a monomolecular edge or something. So if you touch it, it'll cut you or it doesn't have any friction on it, something like that.
0: The version of hyperreal objects that I heard about was in a, uh, a sociological frame and uh-huh. that people building zoos <laughs> had built these model Mandrels, with such exaggerated uh, features that normal mandrels were more attracted to them than actual physical mandrels. They had taken the beauty standards and blasted them past what reality could could support to get hyper beautiful mandrels.
1: Oh, I understand what you're saying, okay. That's, it. you know, it's uh, the
0: argument that Barbie couldn't exist in real life with those proportions, uh-huh. but that, that it's that sort of exaggeration, and some of the exes have a little bit of that going on. If they care to influence Martians, they okay. can appear as these sort of godlike, awe-inspiring forms.
1: Have you ever played Eclipse Phase? I have not. Have you heard of it, or are you familiar with it? I've heard about it, yeah. So they're kind of like sylphs?
0: I haven't heard that particular detail, but the idea is that um, they're mesmerizingly beautiful. Yeah. 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 And so there are some people on Mars who are, you know, these crabby, frontier spirit, independence-minded types who just, Mm -hmm. you know, insist that, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with Earth. They've clearly decided that we are the dirt from which their flowers grow they don't really care about us. It's Martians for Martians. Others are like, no, no, the Earthlings are our friends. We just aren't good enough to appreciate how much they do for us. Cool. And meanwhile, periodically, killer robots fall from the sky and try to wreck everything you love. Right. Okay. What did you say, Jose? I, I oh, couldn't
2: a, typical, hear. a typical Tuesday, of course. A typical <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they,
0: they don't get in that often, but it's often enough that you're not too crazy about it. Got it. Is
2: it, is it often enough where it's where there would definitely be, like, a warning system in place? For like
0: Warning oh, okay. system, militias. There's an air force flying around in these ships called Flivers that are capable of orbital or suborbital flight that's a, a possible character uh, right there is flipper pilot okay.
1: sorry um they get in what what was that a cut out for a second you oh, said uh, earthlings visit Mars sometimes oh er- not earthlings
0: <laughs> no that would be great no it's the uh, it's the AIs the Amuck artificial intelligences that consider you inefficient and unnecessary they get in
1: okay so those are different from Xs is
0: that correct oh, yeah Xs okay. at least were humans once So they're post humans yeah and at least give lip okay. service to the idea that normal human beings should have rights and uh, you know have have a right to exist whereas the AI out out on the rim of the solar system is you know AI territory and that's where mm-hmm. they seem to be operating on the idea that the to the extent that you can understand their their motivations, which are Mm -hmm. alien, but they seem to want to consume everything and turn it into them. They feel that the solar system is inefficiently
1: allocated. Okay. Are you talking about a political uh, assimilation or like a physical one like the Borg or like a Grey Goo type scenario?
0: I would say most Borg-like, to the extent that anyone can tell. What they mostly want to do is find efficient ways to turn all the matter in the solar system into more of
1: them. Right, Gregu. So like the um, the lonesome lunchbox from UA. Yes,
0: only more more planned
1: a really big loathsome Angeles box. Uh, okay, cool. Let me think. I had one other thing. Um, I know that you worked on Vampire. So you know like how the um, Tumichi worry that the vicissitude discipline is like a virus and if you take it, then you're part of the hive mind and it can control you and reprogram your mind and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there an existing uh, mindset or framework that becoming an exe or a post-human will sort of like flip you into being in line with sort of the um, the dominant political ideology of Earth, and that's why Martians are distrustful of them? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's all
0: kinds of...
1: I mean, whether or not it's true, is that like a thing that people think?
0: It is. I mean, there are all kinds of things that people think. There are people who believe that the process of becoming an exe kills you, that your uh-huh. immortal soul is then gone, and you are just a soulless automaton that can replicate that dead person's personality without actually having the essence of life that's you know for the more like the mystically
1: minded martians star trek transporter theory thing like you're you're killed and you're reassumed on the other end and nobody knows the difference
0: right except you know they're like we know that the difference is they don't have souls right <laughs> they may have all the wealth and power and intelligence and technology but we have a moral superiority because we are truly
1: alive and they are not. I can look at this picture and tell you whether it's pretty, so, clearly. <laughs> um, does religion still exist? And if so, what yeah. does it look like?
0: Religion is fairly unchanged on Mars. There are, there's Martian Christians, there uh-huh. are Martian Muslims. Excuse the dominant me. Judaic uh-huh. faction on Mars is Mars who uh-huh. uh, came from Israel saying you know with the idea that okay this has been you know our neighbors have never liked us we have been persecuted on earth far too long we're going to go mm-hmm. to mars set up some territory there and have a you know a solar system homeland instead of an earthly an earthly homeland uh-huh. so given their history they're pretty
1: defensive some of so how, the, how's that working out eh,
0: yeah, there are worse places to run when the robots come
1: all right, that makes sense. So, is everybody, or all of the three Abrahamic religions, staying within their uh, respective territories, or are there border skirmishes?
0: No, there are there are no border skirmishes. Uh, you know, when you have killer robots that will exterminate all human life, little things, you know, religion starts to become more of a a non-issue. Okay. Um, you know, and the fact that life on Mars is extremely hard and just okay. wringing a living out of the soil is so labor intensive, it doesn't make warfare over something as abstract as ideology very attractive.
1: Okay, um, makes sense.
0: And because there's so much land and so few it's difficult to have a war over territory and resources. When there's so much territory and so few resources. Got it. Got it. Right, like
2: almost every war is ultimately a furic victory because you got more land, but how much of it is fertile? How much of it will help you? How many animals are still alive by the end of it?
0: Yeah, and the land on Mars is, you know, universally pretty dead. And you guys have been working on it for decades, Mm -hmm. pelting it with ice from the. Uh, From comets and from the asteroid belt, uh, along with sending down all kinds of minerals uh, from the belt or biomatter imported from Earth or developed on planet. But, you know, it's it's a hard scrabble life.
1: And does Venus trade with us?
0: They do, but not as much as Earth because their population is much lower and because they're much farther away. Relatively speaking, they're farther away.
1: Got it. Is um, their attitude towards, like, uh, Martians and humans and stuff pretty much the same as Earth's, or are there any meaningful differences?
0: Yeah, they don't seem to care about Mars much at all. Okay. Earth at least has some kind of—it it almost seems like a nostalgia or a, uh, you know, the way you're affectionate towards your pets.
1: Sure. Do um, Earth residents to XEs ever come and visit Mars as a kind of like tourist type thing, like going to uh, Amish country or Westworld or something and be like that kind of thing? They do not come to Mars. They do not come to Mars? The closest
0: they get is XE battleships will orbit Mars if tensions are high with the AIs. Okay.
2: So we can assume that that the average Martian has never seen an XE or has personally talked to an XE unless they're in, like, the government or...
1: They've seen them on TV. Some,
2: okay, right, so but TV. Okay.
1: you're not gonna have, like, a, an XE pen pal who you Skype with. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. They have better
0: things to do with their time than put up with your biologically-based neuroses.
1: <laughs> biologically based neuroses is my corn cover band uh let me see what else um do we know uh what caused the destruction of the last station you said it was Ganymede right
0: uh Enceladus,
1: Excuse Enceladus, me? Enceladus, was Enceladus. Taken do we out. know what, what caused it like that was the last one that went down you said that
0: that was the AIs okay it was you know you yeah there are recordings of dying screams of the people of Enceladus as the robots broke through the ice barrier and just tore everything to pieces was there video it's not very good but that's you know probably a mercy
1: yeah that's that's probably a mercy it totally wasn't wasn't the exes well i mean if the exes wanted you gone you would be is um, is Earth under like a single world government or are there still like factions who will uh, argue about the best way to impose their collective will on the planet Mars?
0: You honest to God don't know. Whatever okay. system they've got working there is adapted to post-unitary identities. There are people, who, there are exes that are like started out as six people that formed into one hive mind. Oh, wow. uh, there are exes that are you know there are groups of exes that started as one guy who made seventy different variations of himself. So when you have that kind of of uh, malleability going around, suddenly one man one vote is a less clear proposition than it was before.
1: And Can my you know, face wins six guys into one guy. <laughs> All right. So uh,
0: Lachlan just put up in the chat. A, I now have additional
1: questions. Cartoon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but please continue, because I, man, that 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 begs a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and you know, Martians wonder about it. You know, you mm-hmm. guys have a bunch of different uh, governments on Mars, though mostly it defaults to democracy of one stripe or another.
1: Okay. It's like some kind of representative or parliament yeah. type thing. Yes, okay. it's
0: it's fairly primitive because the tax base is low, uh-huh. and because the population's low, and because everyone is so busy surviving that it's uh-huh. you know you can't support a huge administrative class yet.
1: Okay. Right. Is, is now the time to ask questions about people who merge and split into a single um, body, or is that beyond the scope of what we're doing right now? It's
0: beyond the scope. I mean, your characters oh, okay. have All no right. idea how that works. You have this vague idea that that's something that happens on Earth, but it's another planet, and you guys don't get to go there.
1: Okay, so we're, we're primarily discussing in-character knowledge of setting, yes. right? now, Not um, player knowledge of setting. Okay, I, well, because I just I wanted to know, like, what... <laughs> As we the were doing, GM, you know? this is
0: my way to get around the problem of having to describe a society composed mm-hmm. entirely of beings a thousand times more intelligent than I am.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. cool. I'm not trying to metagame or whatever. It's just I, I didn't know what we were doing as far as setting. Like, are we doing what the player knows about setting or what the character knows about setting? So we're doing what the character knows about setting. Yeah. That's which that's should, cool. That'll which sort of color be, my life.
0: And I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep the setting clear enough that it's you know it's accessible
1: oh yeah no i mean that's that's what i i didn't want to like ask questions about stuff that we weren't gonna you know deal with does that make sense yeah that makes a lot of sense and (laughs) and i appreciate it yeah sure man i mean that's that's why we're here right um is uh earth post scarcity yet or not
0: they talk on both sides of their mouth about that uh, okay. You know, when it suits their purposes to say, oh, we're still all messed up from climate change and the wars, then they say that. Mm-hmm. When it suits their purposes to say, oh, our technology is so superior, of course we can give you this gift if you help us out, then mm-hmm. they say that. Okay. Their, yeah, their manufacturing abilities are clearly a quantum level or two above your own. But you're all still in the same Kardashev. Oh, Kardashev? You know, the the levels of development. Have you guys read that bit?
1: I I read the document that you you sent. Um, I don't think I saw anything about Kardashian in there. Maybe I missed it.
0: Uh, this Kardashian is the place. Uh, there was a, a Russian physicist named Kardashev who had this big, broad, rough rough set of categories for stellar technologies. Currently, we're at level zero.
1: Oh, you're talking about real life, okay. I was yes. looking at the PDF, the, I, didn't, I don't know who yeah. this is.
0: To get to K1, you reach K1 if you're capable of using all the energy that strikes a single planet.
1: Right, right.
0: You get to K2 when you're capable of using all the energy that is emitted by a single sun. Right,
1: that's get to a... K3 uh,
0: uh, when you're capable of using all the energy that is emitted by a single galaxy.
1: Oh right. wow! So there's what uh, I, f- I forget what it's called. I don't want to like be typing the whole time, so I'm not typing. It's a Tyson sphere or a Dyson sphere. It's Dyson like a, sphere. a colander that you put around the sun. Yes, um, or a Dyson and that's Cloud. how you harness the energy from it. So like when you see a city that spans the gap of an entire planet, like in Star Wars, or like uh, the planet Apocalypse that Dark Side rules over. That would be a You need to power it through a sun because you can't have any arable farmland and stuff and if you can build a cage that goes around the sun the amount of energy that you would need to build that cage would be more than you would ever reap from the sun so there's some kind of there's some kind of word for it but it's just like it's a thing that if you can achieve it it would no longer be practical to do you know like (laughs) swatting a fly with a buick or whatever it is whatever analogy you want to do
0: okay i'm so sad that my dyson clouds are are well, Dyson clouds are probably okay. The Dyson sphere is
1: oh, no, less so. Clouds are obviously okay. But I mean, hey, maybe uh, by the time we get to that stage, you won't build a cage. You'll just, I don't know, like shoot a harpoon in it and suck it through like a rope.
0: <laughs> Did you ever read The Physics of the Impossible by Michio Kaku?
1: I I don't think so. I have not known. It's it's great. It's
0: like his love letter to science fiction writers, because he takes all these science fiction ideas and says, okay, how impossible is this? How impossible is teleportation? How impossible is it to build a weapon that can blow up a planet with one shot? How impossible is telekinesis? And he divides them into K1, K2, and K3 impossibilities. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, the only ones he says are K3, are, I think it's time travel and predicting the future.
2: Damn it. <laughs> the, two, the two things I want more than anything. What Here's does it you a- say about tachyons,
1: though? Because they go back in time.
0: Um, oh, I can't remember. I'd have to
1: look okay. it Because, I mean, like, time travel, like in cartoons and stuff, obviously that's not going to work. But there are particles that move backwards through time. Well, they're faster than like, particles. In
0: theory, but they're, they're, they're like are a mathematical birds. artifact. So... Uh, that said, did I put tachyon guns in the, the setting?
1: I'm do I fire it and then, like, the guy gets wounded five minutes before I fired it <laughs> so that I know that it's a betrayer before he reveals himself? I'm trying to find it.
0: I don't think can I did it.
1: etch messages into pieces of wood and send messages back to myself in increasing five-minute loops?
0: See, if I was going to do... A time travel game. This was something that that Robin Laws pointed out, and I'm like,
1: yeah, he's
0: right on that. He's like, if you want to do a real time travel game, the game has be to be entirely about that, right? Yeah. You know? Let's see. No, no, there's the strangelet if it's not the system than a sun system. There are lit guns out there somewhere, but you it's won't see those for a while. lit a is a weird subatomic particle. Mm-hmm. There are theories, you know. There are people who claim that. What caused the Tunguska blast was a strangelet oh. hit Earth.
2: Oh wow! Okay. So, now were, <laughs> you mentioned. I'm yeah, sorry. Um, you mentioned that there was television. So that actually, uh, I'm actually interested to know. So how does media work on Mars? Considering how tough it is to, to to mine and to to, to farm. There uh, are
0: entertainers. People have always wanted entertainers, and okay.
2: well, you know, do we have are, like solar
1: power or something or? What? Like, how do we put electrics into our TV? Do we have solar panels?
0: Oh, yeah. You guys have got solar panels. You've got nuclear fusion. Energy is not that much of a problem. Mm. I mean, there's there's enough uranium in the asteroid belt to keep you guys ticking along for the foreseeable future.
1: Are there a lot of channels, or are there a small number of state-sponsored channels from Earth?
0: There are a lot of different channels from Earth that are... Highly polished and great special effects and, and exquisite acting and brilliant scripts. And then the Martian stuff tends to be more like YouTube.
1: Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Where, you Do know, we still have internet? Yeah. Okay. Does it's it only um, Mars? But give us Martian sites? Like we can't go and look at Earth sites?
0: Right. Because okay. the bandwidth between the planets and the eight-minute lag, no one wanted it.
1: Okay. No, I, I'm just. I'm just curious. I'm trying to sort of but figure stuff out. Is there
0: the collected pre-singularity artworks of Earth are available for your parousal.
1: Okay. Great. Right. I can finally catch up on Gilmore Girls. Um, so, Gil- Gilmore Girls, the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> Rory and Lorelai, like, fuse and get into one body with, like, all of their annoying <laughs> traits. <laughs> like, they fight over which boy they need to marry. How... I'm just gonna go ahead and, and ask, how does, like, inheritance and, like, marriage contracts and all of that stuff work for Exes, for if they can, like, split themselves and merge themselves and they all of that?
0: basically claim comfort? they have moved beyond such biologically driven notions as attraction and romance and you know they're no longer plagued by the petty jealousies enforced by the jab of serotonin in your brain when you see your loved one so they have and again this is something where the uh, religious conservatives on mars are like it's just anything goes down there it's it's this big crazy orgy planet where they're they marry inventing pets, new though? sexual identities by the day. Man, now I think okay. want to go there even more, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> do they marry their pets, though? You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's no, possible I, I was, that they've up. It's possible that they've made their pets smarter than you. And yes.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I was asking because obviously that's going to be the answer for like romantic love and stuff, for like owning companies and murders <laughs> and like bullshit like that. <laughs>
0: I, I for tax purposes, I have married the family business.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like if which, Mr. Goldman and Mr. Tax corpora- merge, no in one, corporations
0: like, really are people. This one's
1: super bitchy. So is that a thing, or are you are you pulling my leg? I can't tell. I
0: I hope I'm pulling your leg.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, I
0: I don't know, dude. <laughs> the um, idea of, the idea of self aware corporations gives me too much of a headache to deal with in this game.
1: Is there a limit to how many times you can fork yourself into different um, identities? Well, or, or in in the case of you guys, that limit is zero. Well, no, not uh, for not the, the PCs, But like XEs, you, you don't know. You don't know. Okay. okay. Can, that's personal. Can that fork fork again? Like, can I have a generation one fork? Like I fork myself and I have two subordinates. Again, can that guy no fork? do You do not know what they're doing over there. Not know what they're doing over there? All right, God, it seems know. like
0: we're getting into the weeds a little bit here. Okay. Um, you know, what I'm, what I'm aiming for is, you know, Mars is the tough, rugged, primitive frontier where okay. you guys are at. And that is where the action will begin.
2: And exactly. that is, in fact, uh, leads to my question. What are the main exports of, of Mars? Like, what, what are we going to get the most? Is it helium-3, like, on the moons, or...?
0: You export some of that. You export a fair amount of food, surprisingly, to the asteroid oh. miners. Okay. okay. I mean, <laughs> Mars is not fertile until you compare it to deep space. Right. After that, it starts looking pretty good. So, yes, you guys give them food. They give you minerals and water. Um, Crave exactly. that. So that's where most of your commerce goes. And then periodically, for reasons you can't grasp, someone on Earth decides to send you a big care package.
1: Right. Okay. And it has... Just stuff that we need in it, yeah, like mangoes?
0: Yeah, well, a lot of things that are unique to Earth, like animals, plants, stuff, uh-huh. bio, stuff that has now been bioengineered to work on Mars instead of on Earth. Okay.
1: okay, That's cool. Do we export silk? Do we farm spiders and have them, like, knit huge swaths of silk? Because it said in the um <laughs> dossier that, <laughs> that silk spiders was pretty common. Out okay.
0: On. You can if you want. Uh,
1: on, you know, on Mars, it's, I don't know.
0: That's a detail that hasn't been hasn't been set up so yeah if you wanted to be a spider farmer you totally could
1: yeah you know like um, spiders uh, work in large factories and they're thought of more as farm animals you know like cows and pigs and stuff so people will have like stuffed spider toys for their kids <laughs> they won't be like creepy crawlies in the future they'll be like oh hey you know this is where we get silk for tactical webbing and clothes and stuff okay yeah.
0: sure yeah spiders everywhere why not <laughs> I was just trying right. to ask well, should, we, should we get into character generation or should we get into covering the, mecha- the mechanics?
2: I would like to know a little bit more about the mechanics myself. Sure.
0: Okay. I'm trying to make the mechanics super simple, but at the same time with some emergent fun factors. Okay. Uh, so you do everything by rolling three dice, uh, a D6, a D8, and a D10. Easy so far, right? You take the two yeah. highest dice, those are called your champ dice, The lowest die is called your runt die. And if you beat a target number, you've succeeded. If you're under the target number, you did not succeed. Sometimes the target number is set by the GM. Sometimes it's determined by what someone else's set of three dice rolled.
1: Okay. So when it's an opposed check, the higher one takes it, and if you tie, you just roll off? Yeah. Uh, Or if you tie, it's the runt die breaks the tie. Right, but and, if the runt die ties, then you roll off. Runt di-
0: Yes. Runt dies are usually the foundation of damage. Mm-hmm. So if you hit someone, your damage is based on what you roll on your runt die. Uh, if you Got insult it. someone and try and make them lose their cool, the intellectual hit point damage they take
1: is based on the runt die. Okay, is insulting somebody intellectual damage? I thought it was social damage. Um,
0: man, I'd have to look. I haven't read these rules in a while.
1: But oh, <laughs> it, be okay. Of the, I think it. I think it could. It depends on the situation be, or whatever. Yeah,
0: it would probably. Okay. Eh, it would be. It would depend on if you were insulting them to annoy them, or mm-hmm. if you were doing it to make them look bad in front of other people.
1: Okay, and if it was the second one, then it would be social, and if yeah. it was the first one, then it would probably be intellectual. Okay, when you roll the same number on dice, you choose which one is the runt dice. Is that right? Yep. So you, you would do that if you had like a, a power or something that boosted your runt dice? Because like some of them, like Sharpshooter or what have you, plus one on your, your runt die. So you yes. would say, I rolled a three on my six and a three on my eight, or I rolled a six on my six and a six on my eight, I want my eight to be my runt so that I can boost it to seven. Yeah,
0: you, have you could a, still, yeah, it wouldn't really matter. You know, you could, no, you, you, could get a, you could roll a seven on your D6 that way.
1: Oh, okay. In, in that case, what does choosing the runt die do Ah, well, here's where it gets interesting. So I thought so, you couldn't have Rule 7 on a 6, so I'd be like, ah, that's why you choose the run die. But if that's not it, then I'm, I'm drawing a blank.
0: Okay, so you assign your big die, your medium-sized die, and your small die to one of three, two, three different uh, very broad categories. Mm-hmm. Energy, gravity, <laughs> harmony. Yes. Uh, right. Energy measures how well your character makes changes in his environment. Mm -hmm. Gravity measures how well your character resists being changed by his environment. Mm -hmm. Harmony determines how well your character adapts to changes in the environment. Okay. And so it matters which dice are your champ dice. So if you have your energy die as your d10 and your gravity die as your d8, Mm-hmm. A fair amount of the time you're going to get successes that have the high numbers on those two dice. Energy and gravity. Yes. Right. And so you can pick these bonuses called exploits that yep. kick in when your energy and gravity are the two highest dice. Mm-hmm. And those make your result better. Got so it. So sometimes you'll have, you know, a tie for lowest die and you'll be like, oh, well, if I use my Harmony die as, my ch- as the champ, I get nothing. But if I use my Gravity die as the champ, then I can, un- I can add this exploit to the roll and get a better effect.
1: So it'll be depending on when your exploit or your uh, permission or your third thing is germane to the situation. You'll be like, I want that one.
0: Yeah. Well, permissions—you know—permissions uh, you know, permissions have nothing to do with what colors of dice come up. Permissions okay. are just, am I allowed to make this roll at all? If you don't mm-hmm. know how to fly a spaceship, you don't get to roll to try to fly a spaceship. If you yep. have the I can fly spaceships permission, then you get to
1: roll to fly spaceships. Hopefully, oh, uh, a battlefield Earth type scenario. Is it? Yeah. Well, because you remember the caveman got into the F-15, and then he just figured out how to fly it, and like I'm just not going to lie to you,
0: I've never seen Battlefield Earth.
1: I that would advise that you don't watch Battlefield Earth unless you like watching terrible movies. I, 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 you know, I try to I try to
0: avoid the the really terrible stuff. Um, I managed okay. to avoid hearing aching, breaky heart until fairly far into the '90s, and uh, I'm well, bad. look at you,
2: quite a feat, actually.
0: So. Okay. Um, um, the, right. f- well, the third thing, good. the third factor is fail-safes, <clears throat> and just like exploits kick in based on your champ dice when you succeed, yep. fail-safes kick in based on your rut die when you fail. Uh-huh. So if you have a failsafe in place uh, for, suppose Harmony is your lowest die, yep. uh, so you're generally not an adaptable person, uh, you might have a failsafe that... Because you're not adaptable, you've had to become very stubborn. And okay. so you would have this failsafe that, oh, well, I failed, but I take fewer social hit points in damage because I am so stubborn. Okay. Uh,
1: Is there ever a general rule that when you take damage, it has to be at least one or can it be negated to zero? I
0: haven't decided that's something we should come up that, That's a good question for playtesting. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, that's that's why we're here. So I, I ask because generally your numbers are pretty low. They're going to be some kind of single-digit thing. It looks like between five and nine. So if it wasn't supposed to be a super lethal game, I'm leaning towards yes. And if it was, then say no if we're supposed to... You know, play it like it's paranoia and go through six or seven characters each session?
0: Well, characters are more survivable than they might initially appear. I took a a hint from Dogs in the Vineyard, and it's like, when you run out of hit points, you might die. Yeah. But that's only one consequence among many.
1: I've read that game, and I've heard great things about it, but I've never actually found anybody to play with me. How is it? Is it fun?
0: It was pretty fun. Uh, I didn't play it for a long time, but it's got some interesting stuff in there. You can, you can see the through line from Dogs to uh, Apocalypse World too.
2: Oh, definitely, so.
1: yeah. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. But
0: basically, when you when you run out of physical hit points, it might be that the next time you get hit, you die, uh-huh. or it might be that the next time you get hit, you just lose an arm, or yeah. that you permanently take a, a penalty to your gravity die or something. So I got you. It'll be something bad. A it'll number be of- something that that's ongoing, but not necessarily fatality. That's cool. And it's determined by the GM, unless you have one of the failsafes that says when I take a penalty, I get to pick it instead of the GM. Ah. Okay. Which is which right. is one of the really which is one of the really sweet failsafes if you're planning on sucking a lot.
2: So you should
1: assign a failsafe to your weakest stat so it comes up a lot.
0: Well, or is more likely to come up a lot. I mean, these dice are pretty close together, so you're going to get,
1: Yeah. you know. Well, I mean, just like doing the, the spread or the bell curve or whatever of three dice, you can you can do it pretty quickly. So, like, you'll, you'll find which one you're most likely to fail at. Oh, yeah. And then,
0: I mean, you're certainly most likely to fail with... Hmm. actually now that i think about it it might be the counterintuitive thing where you want to take a fail safe based on your biggest die
1: that was what i was asking because if you're rolling a 10 then you can roll you know one two three four five and they might not actually hit the difficulty whereas if you're rolling a six you can roll one two three and then four five six you'll probably succeed you know yeah see
0: i was figuring you know without (laughs) It very deeply that I would probably put my fail safes on the lowest die, because that's the yep. one that's likely to be lowest all the time, but
1: I know that with opposed, that would definitely be true, but since I don't think I saw any sample DCs or difficulties or whatever it is that you call them in this game, I don't know how true that would be for non-opposed checks, you know, like if it says hey, jump this ravine or something
2: I don't know if that's,
1: you know, a five or if it's a, it's a two, you know um, against pass, for example,
0: against passive opposition, easy is six, standard is ten, okay. hard is fourteen, and wicked hard is eighteen.
1: Did I miss that, or is that no? In, it's just a, uh, like you to you. Either. Okay. <laughs> well, I just—I mean, I'm asking because I don't wanna—I don't wanna say you know I, I failed to see something in a nine-page document. It makes me look like an asshole.
0: Nah, eh, not really. Every, everyone's uh, attention span is so low these days. Well, so, have you guys got character ideas? The only limitation that I'm putting on you is obviously, you're Martians, and I would like you to have some reason to be highly loyal to each other. The first time I tried to run this game, we got through character generation and then two of the players were struck down by illness and the third suddenly had this super busy work time. So the game just sort of dissolved
1: but I... I you mean like out of character? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. You know, pe- people, the
1: players just suddenly stopped being able to make it due to... I thought that that was going on in the campaign. Like two of them were struck with illness and the third abandoned them to go to work. And I'm like, that actually sounds like you're running things well, so I don't see the issue. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's fine. My work schedule is pretty regular, so if you want to run more or less consistently on Sundays, that shouldn't no, well, be an I'm, issue. I'm thinking Sundays...
0: You know, Sundays are looking good.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, they seem to be fine on my end, too. because so I work during had...
1: the day, Monday to Friday, and then uh, Saturday I run my UA3 game. <laughs> uh, oh, what? 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 What is it? <laughs>
0: it? It always pleases me to know people are running my games. So.
1: You know what? My cabal is really loving it. They just ran afoul of Bolas, so.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Bolas. So sad. That's so
1: what jealous. happens when one of them decides to be a supermodel for a session.
2: I would really like to run UA sometime, but there is there is actually a curse among my friends, like a, a joking curse, where every time I try to mention or run unknown armies, something happens to my computer or something happens to. <laughs> I tried to put a PDF of unknown armies so I could read it on my phone years ago, and it would all. It's the only the only PDF that would ever come up blank, even
1: though. Oh, you know what? I have your email address now, so I can give you. A copy of mine, if that's cool with you, Greg. Oh, Here's this was, a right holder. What, what? Um, he said his documents got corrupted. and okay. I have his email address, and I didn't want to, you know, be a dick and take your intellectual property, so.
2: <laughs> I'm sure oh, well, this is this was second edition. This was a while back. I've got
1: second edition things.
2: Oh, well, hmm. I'd, yeah. I'd consider it, but. Um, I even have
1: mention of the Magdalene, which I don't talk about. Oh, no. People feel bad about that.
0: That You know, sometimes Look, you have to try
1: blaming you for that. I just mean, I don't feel like those two systems had a lot of synergy together. I, I don't think that whoever designed Magus and Rake really had a great grasp on what an avatar was supposed to be. It
0: was a little bit of putting an elephant and a horse in a harness
1: and trying to get them to pull together. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. I just mean, like, I don't run Magdalene a lot. Well, we should get back...
0: So
1: have you guys got you know ideas for your rugged version characters? Ahead of time, um, because I didn't know what sort of tone you wanted to go for with the game and like you said Let's generate together, let's have a reason to, you know, not abandon each other to uh, bleed to death on the planet Mars. So, do you want to throw some ideas out there and sort of see where we can go? Greg said I should be a spider farmer, so Hmm. who am I to question that? Well, no, Um, I said spider farmer was valid. Wait, what? I said spider farmer was valid. Oh, valid, okay, all right. Do you want to farm spiders together and, like, try to invent a new kind of spider or splice spider DNA? into ourselves and become, like, Spider-Man?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually was interested in the farming part. Like, I did, like, uh, I am I am definitely interested in getting into the, like, the harsh, rough life aspects of the okay. setting. So I think having a farm would be cool. I think... So, uh, how, so I guess that would lead to a question of how, would, how does a typical farm look in this setting, Greg? Like, what it, is it, like... Is it a more is it is it similar to like the corporate big farms or would it be similar to like a smaller homestead style farm
0: uh, surprisingly it would be homes it would be more homesteady okay and so yeah there are a lot of smaller highly automated one or two person family farms you would you know you'd have a dome and you'd have your spider factory in there live adjacent to it would you guys be in one of the cities or would you be cantankerous old coots out in the middle of nowhere doing your spidery thing
1: Uh, i like the idea of being grumpy old men uh it's it's a character concept that that uh i'd always wanted to sort of tinker around with but never really had a chance to work with do you want to be like niles and fraser crane
2: Ooh, that oh
1: that would be really cool because I was planning on doing like Kelsey grammar voice for my guy whatever I did I, I, uh,
2: ooh, I, I do I do kind of want to play an old snob. Yeah, we could that we could is, be like
1: old snobs, and like the I, old world would be Earth, and we'd be like, ah, oh, you know, we were born in the wrong time, right? You know, like right, that like
2: I, oh, that could be
1: cool. And I do have like all of these misplaced ideas of what they did on Earth. Like, huh, you're opening doors on Earth. They only had beaded curtains, you philistine. <laughs> I, I, can, I
2: can't I can't believe you would set up your house without the traditional incense. You have to put down the traditional incense, or else the whole the whole party is meaningless. Exactly. Yeah, I so our, <laughs> Are you case. into
1: this? Do you want to be, like, brothers or cousins or something?
2: Yeah, like, bro- yeah, brothers okay. sounds good. I I kind of want to put the farm near the city just mm-hmm. because I, I like the idea of cantankerous old coots with yeah. this idea of what Earth is. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we're looking down on
1: everybody, but we don't actually know anything about right. Earth.
2: Next to like the normal people who do like some of them are definitely like these guys are full of bullshit but then you also got the people who are like oh yeah those guys they know about the old earth and they're it's so cool. cool and i and i hope that one day i can i can have them like give me a spider yes like,
1: that. exactly that <laughs> and we'll be like look at this rare gooty sapphire it's from the jungles of borneo and we're like just completely talking out of our asses no i know right. like, the yeah. Yes. have you black. ever have you
2: ever seen the oceans of toronto this spider comes from the bottom of it,
0: <laughs> so so ignorant evil spider, spider
1: evil. farming snobs. We ignorant have a winner. Spider farming snobs. What do you think of Burroughs as a surname? Because I feel like it's the sort of indefinite like, Caucasian Boston Brahmin thing that we can claim was from England, but we really have no idea. And also, it's sort of a nod to Edgar Rice Burroughs, who did the uh, you know the Martian thing, the John Carter, yeah. and yeah.
2: I, I like that. I like okay. that a lot. I
0: okay. definitely want to do
1: that. First name. I'm, I'm thinking my guy's name is Henry, and if you call him Hank, then he will put you down in his book of real or imagined slights and get you back when you least w- expect was it. Was that
0: you, Lachlan? Is Henry?
1: Yeah. I, I'm thinking that I want to be Henry. Henry Burroughs. Henry, so
2: Henry Burroughs. Uh, then I, I think I kind of want to play – I think I kind of want to have the name be Stanley. Okay. Henry Burroughs then.
1: And, right. and,
2: and, and, and Stan, it's not going to get violent. It's just going it to just be just a slight sniff of, like, well, of course you would say yeah, like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll like look at each other across
1: the room when one of them exactly. is like, diminutive, and we'll be like, I have your back, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: perfect. Perfect. All right. oh,
1: so I, have... I don't, don't want to be too prescriptive. Are you into this? Because I'm pretty into No, I, this sounds yeah. great. I, uh,
2: oh, I have to be right back real quick. Oh, okay. It won't take long. Sorry.
1: That's okay. Yeah, no problem. We can uh, we can just sort of shoot the shit here. Yeah. Um, how is this going for you? I'm having a really good time. Are oh, we this accomplishing is going great? This is to, um, to do is going
0: pretty well as I expected.
1: Super. Super. I finished um, all of my edits for book five the other day. I know that you're not supervising those personally, but I sent them in and I think that the, uh, the content was really great. I liked seeing everything from 2e be made backwards compatible. I, I love what you did with Fornomancer.
0: Well, that wasn't me. I didn't have anything to do with book five. I've, I've actually, this is, you know, I regret saying this, but I, I put off reading it a little bit. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm worried. Either I won't like it, in which case I'll be sad, or it'll be really good, in which case I'll be jealous. And, you know, maybe I won't be jealous. Maybe I'll just be like, yes, this is great. I'm so proud that I could help these people make this great thing. So I don't okay. know how I, I'm gonna I, uh, I apologize. I had no idea. No, no. That's fine. That's just, you know, that's not your problem. That's my problem. But I am going to, I should get a look at it. I've been so busy pushing
1: the You Kickstarter. I'm really looking forward to that. It was a
0: fun, fun book to write for like the first third and oh, yeah. Kind of he sort hard, of hit a wall. But I'm, I'm pleased with how it turned out. Cool. All right. Well, maybe while he is away, we can throw Henry together.
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. Sorry. I just thought that while he was up, we would. Okay. I've, I've got a little um, text edit document open here. Oh. Um, how did you want to handle? Like, I don't roll for abilities or anything. No, nope. so... you,
0: you assign them. And the easiest way, <clears throat> you've got six broad character
1: archetypes.
0: Uh, depending on you know which die is high and which die is low.
1: Yep, because there's a finite number of what's Yeah, up. there's, so there's I, I six permutations. Think, I was thinking artists. Okay. You know, like um, I know that probably the bulk of my actual income or salary will come from industrial application of silk, like uh, making riot gear for police or uh, making curtains or sheets or something. But what my true passion is is making uh, tapestries, like in the jungles of Kansas. Okay. (laughs) so uh, i'll view like the uh mechanical silk stuff that i do as like scut work but when i come home i'll i'll take out like a loom that uh you know my my hero uh john gandhi knit on a daily basis i have have returned oh hey uh uh, jose what's up right on time we're starting to do charge on so he says uh, what kind of personality do you want and i had said i probably want to do artist for all of that stupid shit that i just said um what are you feeling
2: I am actually restarting my browser. I had a bit of a crash, so I'm going to open up the dossier document again. So artists... Um, so
0: the deal the deal with the artist archetype is very high harmony, low gravity, you know, adapts well but is a little
1: flighty. Um, I feel like that okay. fits with my character.
0: High social hit points, medium physical hit points, not so great with the
2: uh, intellectual hit points.
1: Okay. Do you want to diversify assets or do a similar kind of thing? Because I'm cool with whatever.
2: I, I think I think it'd be good if we had some kind of diversification for the podcast. Okay, passes. sure. So let me get to let me get to personality.
0: And I mean, these are just sort Numbers. of labels. We can fluff a different differently. I mean, do right. you, do you see Stanley as mostly someone who makes changes, mostly someone who resists changes, or mostly someone who adapts to changes?
2: Right. I think. I think I'd definitely like to play something with a high intellectual to kind of counterbalance Mm -hmm. um, how that works. Let's see. Intellectual HP 9. That would be the Firebrand... Spire Brand exciting. Spectacular. Act. You don't tire out, but you might even or crash. Down. Oh, yes. Yes. Do I it. like this quite a lot. Because you know,
1: yeah, Frazier was always cleaning up after the weird stuff that Niles, that Niles did. Niles did. Exactly. I, I feel like that's perfect.
2: So, it, so it's time to think up some crazy spider farming schemes.
1: Okay. So, Absolutely. He, so, yeah, you
0: guys are kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have no dice in common. That's great.
1: Well, uh, I mean, that's diversifying assets, right? That is, because with a party of only two people, you have to do it more.
0: <laughs> well, Gareth might be able to join in a couple weeks. We might get someone else in, and oh, okay. and and I've tried to set this up with the with the game mechanics. I've been trying to build it so that there is sort of a session a session-building framework, right? Yeah, so I, I like session that. So each the most self-contained, so. and it's easy to bring in and take out characters.
1: Okay, so you, you were going to do, like, a picaresque type thing, like sort yeah. of one-shots, like you drive yeah. around well, in the well, and know,
0: Like Star Trek The Next Generation, where each episode is one episode, we might get the occasional two-parter.
1: Sure. Like, you know, I, I didn't watch that show, but like Scooby-Doo or something. <laughs>
2: I did watch that show, and I get exactly what you mean.
1: That's why I say drive around in a van and solve mysteries. I feel like it's accessible. It's been on since 1969, (laughs) though not continuously.
0: TNG is basically the same as Scooby-Doo now that you mention it, right down to Wesley being scrappy.
1: Well, I would recommend Mystery Incorporated. It's Scooby-Doo for people who never really got into Scooby-Doo. It's very UA. It's on Netflix. I think that you would enjoy it.
0: I, I've heard good things about it've I've got it on my it's, on my to, to watch list but I haven't watched
1: it it's yet. funny Harlan Ellison guest stars as himself the primary because <laughs> Udo Kier is a Nazi parrot okay uh, they actually acknowledge that Velma's a lesbian it's fantastic okay I might have to
0: I might have to get into that <laughs> all right so characters cool. we've got our stats set Do you I've got, got my any? um do you got own colored D8s, D10s, and D6s?
1: I I play RPGs, so obviously I don't have them in those exact colors, but I don't think that's super important.
0: I'll uh, you know I'll fax you your uh, character sheets when I fill them out, but uh, oh yeah, awesome! That the the D Stanley just will know that the D10 is his energy die. I like the color coding
1: because no, I'm, I'm disorganized. I'm, I'm on- the color coding, I just don't have a gold dice, that's all. A
2: lot of my games are on the internet, so I usually use internet rollers, usually uh, the one, the D20 SRD, but I do have a collection of dice around here somewhere.
1: Yeah, let right? me um, let me grab my uh, brick and mortar dice, they're just in the other room here. All right. So I do have three different colors, so that's not going to be an yeah, issue. I, yeah. uh,
0: I bought specifically, you know, more D8s at, to have them in the right colors for this. And my wife is like, wait, 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 wait. How many dice do you already have? And I'm like, well, I don't know, I have a a lot of dice. And she's like, but you're getting more. (laughs) and i'm like i feel like there's a fundamental disconnect in how we view
1: this i feel the impulse to make some kind of like how many shoes do you own thing but i'm not going to yeah she's not she's
0: not a big shoe buyer
1: i don't know wife but everybody has something that they buy a lot of even though they already have many of them i'm a teapot guy i collect teapots well there you go
0: she has a number of teacups so. Oh,
1: tea cups. Okay. Well, tea cups are pretty good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they're they're she clearly uses them. All right. So. Okay. Permissions. So you guys yeah. get what do you got? You got three she things got three,
1: to buy. Three uh, of like each thing. So three either permissions, safes, or the third thing.
0: Or uh, exploits. Or you could Explo- get one of each. Or you could get two exploits and a permission.
1: We can spread them around a little bit. I know you haven't played with me, Jose, but I um, gravitate, generally speaking, towards social heavy characters because of my general demeanor, which I feel like you have a pretty good beat on after about forty-five minutes.
2: <laughs> right. Uh-huh.
1: So I, I was, I was being pulled there. I didn't want to step on your toes, though, if you wanted to be the like social juggernaut. So what do you want to do, and then I'll do the other thing.
0: Okay. Um,
1: let's. You want to be like a combat brute. 'Cause I feel like guy who always crashes the airplane and combat brute, like launchpad McQuack, would be really funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's do that. You ever watch um Tailspin?
1: No. Uh, mm. I, I, I Tailspin?
0: mostly know about it from one of my one of the people I follow on Twitter who who was had a weird crush on uh, the guy you were mentioning, the crashy brute. <laughs>
1: Launchpad McQuack was not on Tailspin; he was on DuckTales, But Sorry, um, he did he did guest star on Tailspin a couple of times. So Tailspin is um, characters from the Jungle Book, but the setting is Casablanca. <laughs> and okay. um, Baloo is like the. Um, Humphrey Bogart character and like Shere Khan is like the shady businessman from the big sleep, and that's that's the show. It's it's a really weird show, it ran for like two seasons, I think, in like 1995.
0: It sounds there like that combination, but you know, like white
1: terroristry, like, could work, right? There was like a cult of Russians who worshipped the uh, mechanic from this show as like a sort of stunt. It always seemed weirdly UA to me, like here's what you hear, you know, I worship <laughs> card Squirrel.
0: All right. Well, what are you guys? What are you guys looking at?
2: Music I'm looking at missions,
1: mostly failsafes, mostly exploits. What? What are you thinking as far as not tone, but like, do you want this to be mostly a combat-heavy game? Is it going to be mostly um, intrigue and social type that game? It is
0: entirely up to you. Okay. This is specifically I've specifically tried to. You know how I mentioned there is a system for producing single sessions, right? There's a framework. The framework is meant to have sort of hinge points in it where you decide, is this going to be a violence issue or is this going to be a mystery issue or is this going to be... Basically, there's three categories, right? And, you know, it's like, is this going to be a mystery session is this going to be danger uh, session or is this going to be an opportunity session okay and i'm halfway oh, through each the players <laughs> decisions determine whether it doubles down on what it initially is or takes on aspects of the other one so you know it starts out as an emergency
1: but halfway through it's like oh it's an emergency but it's also an opportunity KFC Double Down, I'm into it. Um, I'm having a little bit of trouble in certain places separating exactly intellectual from social. I, I see a lot of overlap between them. Are you saying that there are three different things? So mystery is intellectual and opportunity is social, or is it vice versa? Um, Actually... Because I can't see your um, your binder full of like secret things about how to run the session and like herd caps and stuff like at the back of Grimore, um, but I-, I gather that there's some kind of one one analog for each ability. Score, yes, so what want to know find what it's like.
0: it? Because you know it it really is a you know a three ring binder basically.
1: No, and... I didn't mean it pejoratively. It's just I saw a three ring binder in your office. So I assume that was that was what you were looking at. It's
0: actually a notebook, but let me find the
1: thing some, in here. Like composition it's, notebooks with the pages sewn in, you know, like in science class. This one is a recycled.
0: It's ring bound, so.
1: <clears throat> if I can find. Oh, say, um, you mentioned wanting to crash airplanes. Do you want to take the pilot skill?
2: Yes, I think I'm going to take the pilot permission. I think I want to cool. build it so that I have one permission, one exploit, and one failsafe. I figured that um, that
1: would probably be what you do, that sounds good.
2: Yeah, because uh, okay. I figure it's best to be pretty well-rounded, so right. yeah, being a pilot sounds good. For
1: if you're going to crash our airplane a lot, I'm going to take medic, so that at least one of us can go for help, while the other Perfect. one leaps to death and is eaten by so those Hose weird- So is a
0: pilot and Lachlan's a medic. Mm-hmm. Or rather, yeah. Stanley's a pilot and Henry's a
1: medic. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, we're, we're starting. Starting to get immersed. All right. I think I might pick one of each, too, so we can sort of diversify, like, all of the stuff that we're playtesting and playtest as much of it as possible. Do you want to all pick different things? I don't want to pick different things just for its own sake, but just so we can just sort of spread it out a little bit. What do you think, say.
2: Yeah, I'm all right with that.
1: Cool. I like Bluster. Bluster is very exciting to me. Is that an exploit? Let's see. Bluster yes. is an exploit. Yes. So I'm asking, closely, did you want to take it, or is it cool if I take it?
2: Uh, yeah, let me, let me uh, take a quick read of these again Oh yeah, sure, no problem
0: I found, I finally dug out the thing in my notebook where the plot books are And so yeah, emergency where you might die corresponds to gravity Mystery corresponds to harmony And opportunity uh, corresponds to energy
1: Should I ask what bite die are? I'm assuming they're kind of like objectives in UA3 What are you looking at? You said bite die. I don't recall that from I our dossier. Is did it secret? did not say bite
0: die. You must have heard something else I was saying.
2: Okay. Bite like That's bite. why I ask questions. They're a good <laughs> way of finding things out.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I think it's okay for... Yeah, you could definitely take bluster. I want yeah, opportunist. Well. Opportunist
1: is a good one. You take All that right, one.
0: So Henry's got bluster in between energy
1: and gravity. Yes? Yes. Bluster. Okay. I haven't picked a... Third thing, yep, so just give All me right. Jose, one second. All right,
0: what Jose, was, what was the exploit you were gonna take?
2: I will take Opportunist.
0: Okay, and that's between Gravity and Harmony.
1: I feel like Bluster and Opportunist make a really good one-two punch, you know, like a good cop, bad cop? You know, like I deplete yeah. their social thing, and you restore your own social thing, you know? So it's kind of like a like a one-two. All right. That's cool, uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, I wanna pick one fail-safe. I'm probably gonna get a social feel safe.
0: Mellow. Uh... Oh, and you know, while you're looking over those, let me read out what these things do. Uh, oh yeah, please. So sure. for for our listeners at home, Lachlan has, has selected the Bluster Exploit, and the way this works, the conflict system in this. You know, you've got physical hit points that go away when people hit you. You've got social hit points that go away when people humiliate or take advantage of you. And you've got intellectual hit points that go away when people lie or lie to or confuse you or attempt to manipulate you. And so what he's picked is Bluster. And so if his character damages someone's social hit points, it's based on his lowest champ die instead of being based on his runt die it will, you know, his damage will come from his second lowest dice instead of his lowest one. Damage has, comes in two layers. There's exhaustion damage, which is temporary and goes away pretty easily. And then there's injury, which is permanent damage that uh, lasts a lot longer. So if you have a machine that gets a lot of exhaustion damage to it, it's just out of gas and needs a tune-up. But if it takes a lot of injury
1: damage, it's actually been wrecked. Out of Gas is my favorite episode of Firefly. That was a good one. Yeah, because it was told out of order before that was like the norm for television. I I think they did a really good job with it. I was very hooked in seeing what happened next. All right,
0: so the opportunist exploit is another social one. And what this does is if Stanley does social damage to someone, his own social hit points recover. He loses a little bit of exhaustion. He, his personality gets stronger from uh, damaging others. He's he's basically a social vampire.
1: Or a nice school vampire. bully, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, like in Mean Girls, you're Regina George. Perfect. I hear you do cell phone commercials. On Earth. <laughs> he punched me in the face once. It was awesome. <laughs>
0: So, uh, what are you guys looking at for failsafes?
1: Oh, I picked my final thing, Majig. I just wanted uh, to let you finish doing sponsor message for our viewers at home. Uh, my final thing is going to be Flighty because, I mean, what kind of sitcom character would I be without Flighty? I like what it does mechanically, um, and I feel like it diversifies my assets pretty all right. Okay, so, so
0: Flighty is a blue, Yarp. It's a blue failsafe. Uh, so that is when. Okay, so that's your lowest die. So yep. we'll see if you fail a lot with that as your your uh, runt die.
1: Yeah, and, because I don't know what, what the um, non-opposed difficulties are like, so I can't make an informed decision, so I'm just going to. Uh, to those. With... Let me find them. What?
0: <laughs> just because you didn't hear him doesn't mean I didn't say them. Let me. The rules the rules for passive opposition: the standard is 10. Okay. Hard, 14. Wicked hard is 18,
1: Easy is 6. I apologize, I just didn't hear those. Anyway, okay. so, now, now um, anyways, so I, um, I can't um, achieve a passive with anything but my 10, and that's only some of the time unless I have bonuses. Um, is
0: that well, correct? No, that shouldn't be right. Let's see. So I can't roll the 10 on the d8. Well, you'd be combining your two highest dice. Oh, okay, I, that's my total. Yeah, every yeah. roll right. uses the top two dice.
1: Okay, withdrawn. So getting so, yeah, uh, getting a ten's not that bad. Alrighty, uh, medic, bluster, and flighty are my um, things. Uh, Jose, did you pick your third thing?
2: Yeah, I think if I'm somebody who gets into trouble a lot and then gets like crashes a lot, and probably gets beaten up, let's not lie, let's not lie, you can't you oh, can't without you yourself. absolutely, you can just like
1: rotate at everybody all the time and not have somebody get you back.
2: Exactly. I am going to take a gold failsafe, which is of course when the harmony die is runt, so again, yep. which is my lowest. I am going to, yeah, so I'm going to take tough, which is if you take injury to your physical HP, convert one point of injury into exhaustion instead
1: and that will make it really easy for me to use my medic identity on you. Hacked.
2: There it is.
1: Oh, look at all the... Look at these guys finding synergies. Uh, That's synergy. It's a a collaborative game.
0: The rule with Flighty, which Laughlin has taken for his Henry character, is that when he takes any amount of exhaustion to his intellect, he can choose to take no exhaustion but instead just take a single point of injury. So he would... Instead of being temporarily very confused, he would be slightly more confused for a much longer time. Yep. So
1: we'll see. Marathon.
0: That'll be good times. All right. So you guys are farmers, you're silk farmers out in the middle of Mars, not too far from the city. Uh, How prosperous are you guys? Are you guys like hard scrabble? Dirt under your fingernails, and, and oh, we can use that tea bag five or six more times. There's still some flavor in it. Or are you prosperous silk farmers who are, are I, you know, doing well, own your own private spaceship and stuff?
1: I would like to split this down the middle and say that we are hardscrabble but think we're prosperous like between the two of us we have a single Rydell wine glass and we love to jam that in everybody's face.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think the situation in the in the city in general it's probably it's either new or it's definitely seen better days to the point <laughs> where even our hardscrabble farm it it looks like there's this illusion of, of, of richness, or at least, you know, they seem to have better stuff than we do. Mm-hmm. And so there's this kind of tension going on between our farm and the city.
1: Well, because my guy will be con- completely about conspicuous consumption, so. Um, okay.
2: I mean, <laughs> will,
1: will I have, like, enough food for the entire week? Sometimes. But will I go outside, like, wearing my best vests all the time? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I've got some gadget rules in place. So you guys, so it sounds like you're going to own your own plane if you've got the pilot or yes. your own, that does, your own flipper. that
1: makes sense for our characters, yeah. Um, I it think, requires yeah. X amount of maintenance every Y time period, I gather. Oh, but none of you is a mechanic.
2: Indeed, and that's what the city is for.
1: Does okay. the pilot cover like routine maintenance and isn't mechanic only for when it's broken or somebody yeah. like, throws yeah. a firebomb yeah. at? What, what are the chances of a ship getting
0: broken in a science fiction game?
2: Right.
1: Our characters are idiots, so zero. I mean, I, I feel like I was pretty clear about that.
0: All right. So, um,
1: All right. So, what's the name of your fliver? Okay. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Ooh. I have I have a couple of ideas. Uh, Jose, what yeah, kind of theme do you want for the name of, of our ship because I feel like it has to exemplify our guys.
2: It should I think it should definitely carry into the air of of importance and richness. That's,
1: what do you think? about the golden goose oh I was
0: going to guess the Argo
1: see? the Argo see it's it's an artifact from earth it's a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale but they clearly right. don't know the actual context oh. of it which was it died and the farmer starved because he didn't understand how biology worked right they think yeah. that it denotes like prosperity and uh, longevity Banana does. so that's it an idea dies. if you don't like it we can do something else
2: yeah, the Golden Goose isn't bad. I was actually thinking of uh, of naming it. Hold on. Let me make mm-hmm. sure I got all my P's and Q's crossed. Uh, actually... <laughs> P's and Q's crossed? That should be like your guy's catchphrase. I love it. I was just thinking of calling it the Hughes after Howard Hughes or something like, because I kind of <laughs> feel something like that. But the but the Golden Goose ain't bad either. Because,
1: see, his thing was the Spruce Goose. So it's
2: still reference. Yes, yeah, that's what I was also
1: thinking, yeah.
0: Well, you could call it the Spruce Goose, with spruce meaning sharp and tasteful. Oh, you're looking very spruce today.
1: Ah, you know what like, yeah. That spruce is gold, you know? Like, people are saying, this investment, it's a spruce mine, you know? Like, in West Virginia, people go and they dig up spruce, and then they plate their toilets with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm cool with that. Like the Hans Chris
1: Anderson fairy tale, you know, the goose, it excreted spruce. So okay, sure. Spruce,
2: yeah. The spruce Yes, all right, there we go. All right.
0: And does the farm have a name? Hmm. Let me have you think. guys heard the new Darkest of the Hillside Thickets album? Because it has a song on it called Arachnotopia.
2: Ah, that's, ah, oh, I, I do like that. I do like that because it provides a kind of grandeur where it's, it's not just a farm, it's an experience.
1: It's an experience, okay, Arachnotopia. If you like Arachnotopia, yeah. down with Arachnotopia.
2: Yeah, I like Arachnotopia a lot.
0: Okay. Was there in the what you need to know thing, did I put in the bit about stone suits?
2: Yes, you, you did. I actually, yeah, I, I actually super like, I really like the idea of stone suits. I was into it. I was into it. Do um, you,
0: for, for the listeners, because they live on Mars, which has lower gravity than Earth, they have to spend much of their time wearing stone suits, which are these, it's like the opposite of a really cool body armor. It makes every movement more difficult. It gives you resistance so that your muscles and bones don't atrophy in the low, uh, the low gravity. So do you guys have like the really nice stone suits or the middle grade ones or the cheap crappy ones?
1: Okay. So, um, I kind of wanted to know mechanically how the super nice ones worked before I make that decision. So it said, um, It saves some of the waste energy that you do when you're doing your ankle weight training uh, stuff, and then you can like blast somebody in the face with it with like a super strong punch. Yes. What exactly does that mean dice-wise? Is it Uh, um, every X days you can like add one one to energy? Probably. Okay. Just is that permanent? Is that like always on?
0: No. You can you can choose to give it a plus one to energy for one roll and then you have to put it back on and grind it back up till it's all packed together
1: again. How long does that take?
2: Uh, I don't
1: know, probably a couple hours. I think that that sounds pretty exciting. How about you, Jose?
2: Yeah, I like that too.
1: All right, so you guys have the nice stone suits. Yes. Yes, please. Okay, so let me just go ahead and say plus one to energy, one roll, recharge, a couple of hours. Whatever's dramatically convenient. Like Spider-Man running out of web fluid. <laughs> Speaking right. of web fluid, can we build a web fluid type apparatus? Ooh, I'd have to think about that. Because if we put all of our eggs into the basket of being spider farmers, I feel as though we should be rewarded for this choice. Oh, you!
0: I can already see down the line where spider farming fits in. To the ongoing arch overarching plot, so don't worry about that.
1: Oh boy! Oh, cool. I'm I'm glad that my stupid idea um, tickled you. So
0: well, I mean, part of it was just the, you know the category of okay, you what do I do if they choose to be super combative characters? Because you know I'm like okay, maybe they'll be buddy cops on rogue robot patrol. You
1: know what we are, buddy fops. <laughs> Good, good fop, bad fop. Listen,
0: pretty soon, my brother there is going to start making fun of your vest. I can't <laughs> make sure when he gets like that. That's just,
2: just awesome. A sharp, just a sharp, like, just, like, a, 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 an illuminated eyes in the dark, just looking over your tacky, tacky vest.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm like, you know, somebody will probably pick the the tough guy character somebody will probably pick some kind of sodbuster buster or or you know producer of wealth uh you know somebody will probably pick some kind of roguish ne'er-do-well there's basically the three ways i can see it going and yeah you know they're broad categories so yeah neither one of you knows how to shoot a gun by the way that's going to be hilarious
1: Oh, We're absolutely! It's edible. We don't drive around shooting people with guns.
0: <laughs> Part of the history was that they, when they settled Mars, they wanted it to be a gun-free planet. But the AI's put paid to that idea,
1: pretty fast. Well, <laughs> for put paid, I love all of the like weird thought-terminating cliches they use in your fiction. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Is there anything like else, awesome. so you guys? You guys have a bunch of spiders. You've got this this ship that you're keeping together. You have the high-end stone suits, but you're unarmed. Anything else you guys think you need? Uh, My defense has a
1: I had a quick question. Um, we have like our, our normal spiders, our workaday spiders to produce our silk. Mm-hmm. Do we sometimes breed luxury spiders to yeah. sell to rich souls on earth, like Absolutely. the uh, aforementioned Guti Sapphire, which is the indigo painted tarantula? Yes. Um, India? Okay, great.
2: There's There's no way we don't. And that's probably where a lot of our. Since we go since we tend to go through a lot of feast and famine situations, that's probably where the feast goes when you finally I get feel like a like good that batch fits of self.
1: characters. Like, would I myself make this choice? Absolutely not. I live in a house, I eat food, I drive a car. But I think that they would say, like, let's eat Martian ramen noodles for a week and then go to Dorsa and steal Paul Allen's reservation.
0: <laughs> All right. So fancy bread, show spiders. Got it.
1: Oh, um, are there rules to the poison in this game, or not? Um, yeah, but they're pretty sketchy.
0: It's, you know, one okay. of the weapon, one of the weapon's effects is biological poison.
1: Alright, So um, can it. we harvest poison from our spiders for self-defense purposes? Probably <laughs> not very easily. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying that it would be easy. I just mean like can that be a sort of not fail safe mechanically, but can that be a sort of panic button that we have? Not like a cyanide pill, but like one of those poison rings on the suit? Like can well, we do can that dump like poison once every into every someone's drink? Of time? Well, we could dump poison into somebody's drink, but spider poison is not an ingested poison, it is a uh, injury poison. You can drink snake venom, and it won't kill you, but you, you get it in your blood, and it'll get you. Yeah. Uh I will think about it. Okay, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there.
0: The problem with that is that it wouldn't be super practical, because the single biggest threat you're faced with is killer robots who are poison-proof.
1: All oh, right. okay, so it's mostly going to be fighting robots and not other humans? Well, all depends. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I want to get to my way to human.
0: But even the humans, a lot of times, are going to be in environmental suits and stone suits. And so okay. getting also, to the actual skin to poke the poison in them isn't going to be that easy.
2: Not to right. mention, some of them probably know how to actually use a gun. <laughs> and, you know, punching somebody with a poison ring ain't going to do much when, you know, bang.
1: That's fair. Um, I had another question. Um, I know that we start with three traits, you know, catch all for the things. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to learn more of them later in play? Is there experience in this oh, yeah. system? Oh, yeah. Basically, so, you know, we can always. Every find. session, you get a new thing. Oh, neat. Cool. cool. So, we could, we could learn how to shoot guns if we find, <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, we have settled in the Old West and we don't know how to shoot guns. <laughs> Uh, brother one of us needs to learn how to shoot guns okay brother but one of us needs to learn how to farm oats yes i think
0: it's I, I think it's one every session i'll have to go back and again read the uh but yeah no you'll you'll constantly be improving
1: i dig that a couple of the major thingies said a permanent penalty to such and such and yeah. it implied there was a way to fix that I know that there aren't objectives in the system per se, but like if I got my arm chopped off by, I don't know, like a giant mechanical scorpion or something, could the next thing that the party pursued be go to, you know, the junkyard and get yes. yep. a new arm from Furiosa or whatever? Is that well, like see, a thing? Yes,
0: you could make that into an opportunity. Ah, okay. An so that's what the answer is. I want to get rid of this major consequence. I want to get rid of this consequence.
1: Yes. So, okay. So there uh, there's a way to fix Major quote-unquote permanent damage. All right. So awesome. one last thing I
0: want from you, which I probably should have made part of character generation, but didn't.
1: That's fine. Uh,
0: it's up. Is important people. Okay. Um, yeah. Who? Who's the Daphne for? Who's Stanley's Daphne?
2: You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, it was kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like, there's got to be like a mechanic or somebody you go to when. When the... Did you ever see Atlantis, the Disney movie? Yes, I have. want you want your uh,
1: mechanic to be like that mechanic? What was her name? Um, Audrey, Audrey Ramirez.
2: I would be alright with that. You know, like, uh, a, a, like a, a sort is. of
1: friendly, abrasive, uh, Puerto Rican lady?
2: Yeah, that'd be like pretty Like a Rosie yeah, Perez pretty pretty type fine. character. I think that'd be pretty cool, yeah, awesome. I, yeah.
1: Okay, what's her name?
2: Oh, what is her name? Okay. Um...
1: I'm very good with names. What do you feel about Jeanette Goldstein Vasquez? Hyphenated.
2: I'm all right with that. Okay, hey, cool. All
1: hey, right. Hey. Vasquez in Aliens was so popular that people asked what her first name was. Cameron didn't write one into the script, so they gave her the first name of the actress that portrayed her, Jeanette Goldstein. Hence, Jeanette Vasquez, Jeanette Goldstein Vasquez. I rolled an outsider called that once. <laughs> She was an amputee fetish model, Iraq veteran who had had her legs blown off. (laughs) All right,
0: so there's one. So we got. Let's get you know two important people for each you. So you've got Jeanette Goldstein Vasquez.
1: You um you watched Firefly, right, Jam? Um, are you familiar? You watched Firefly, right? Oh yes. Okay, so you know like how every place in this sort of general um, egregore has like a spiv, like a guy who will just sort of inexplicably sell all of the crap that you need, like a badger-type character? Uh Can we have like a black market or like underground eBay-type seller of Earth artifacts that will sell us? The smuggler. Calabashes that will uh, cut and make julienne fries and will think that they're actually ancient religious artifacts or whatever. Like, we'll hang up black velvet Elvis paintings and we'll be like, ah, oh, yes, it's hanging here like it was in the Louvre 500 years ago. Like, that kind of... Can we have that kind of guy who sells us crap? Like, he sure. can also sell us, like, parts or clothes or just whenever we need, like, a thing. Like, if I inevitably get my legs blown off, can he say, hey, I know a guy who makes legs... Sure, what's his name? Let me think. What do you feel about Ling Pak, and people call him Pac-Man as a nickname. Okay. And he's a Vietnamese rogue trader smuggler type person. Named after the ancient cultural hero, Pac-Man. Obviously.
0: All right, so there's (laughs) one. Have you got a Raz
1: to continue the Mm. treasure theme? Okay, sure. On, I'm I'm right. glad that both of you are so familiar with Fraser. Okay, let me think. Who would be our who would be our Roz? Who would be our our, our Roz? Um Where are you, Martin. Hmm. Is our dad alive? I don't know. That is, yeah, see, that's the, that's the question. What's a yeah. rhetorical question? Uh, Jose, do you want our dad to be alive and he's, like, even more curmudgeonly than us? And he always sort of rants about the good old days back on Earth. And his things that he says are wrong, too, but they're wrong in a different way than our wrong things. Like, we talk about a fictive golden age, and he talks about, like, you know, I had to walk up and down mount kilimanjaro in the snow both ways to get to school and at that school i stood in line for bread for three days yes okay I've great yes
2: I've, okay
1: I've yes. uh greg can he be a head in a jar like on futurama or is that not a thing that's no, supported there's, by
0: there's there aren't heads in a jars on mars when when okay. when you lose your body that's the end for you all right
1: well, not not like Who knows? uh completely invalid but how do you feel about him being relatively disabled in some kind of way so he's our kind of responsibility that we have to take care of
0: that's a
1: cripple that's great i'll I'll be able to i'll be able
0: to hit you with that so hard
1: well yeah, I, 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 <laughs> the thing that you did in UA3 with your responsibility mechanic, yeah. I like the idea of something that grounds RPCs so we don't just say, hey, let's go to Mars, Las Vegas all weekend. you know We'd either have to bring him, in which case hilarity ensues, or we'd have to hire a prostitute to take care of him and give him his insulin shot every six hours. Well,
0: you know, the obvious thing that, that comes to my mind is that he has lung problems.
1: Okay, lung because, problems is worth like, like miner's lung, like black lung type thing. Yeah, well he's got Mars lung. Oh, can he be a coal miner or an ice miner or whatever well, it, was, it is they mine on? You know,
0: a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the early settlers got dust lung and mm-hmm. it was just because it, the uh, it, the, it, the, their side. the the suits yeah. weren't
1: that great back then and the filters
0: didn't work as well as they
1: were supposed to. I like everything that I'm hearing. How do you feel about him having like, a uh, biblical name, like uh, James or Nathan or something, Jose?
2: Yeah, James or Nathan.
1: Elijah?
2: Yeah, I was actually about to say. Elijah
1: is good. I see that you're throwing me, like, an Orson Scott card curveball, and I will just say that I've read all of his Hot Sleep series and wish that I hadn't. So, yeah, Elijah. You know, I'm just
0: thinking of the biblical prophet who was notoriously cranky and difficult.
1: Okay. No. So, so I know that you're an expert in this area. Elijah was the one who summoned bears by washing his laundry, right? Uh, or was Elijah that Elijah? Was the
0: one who got into a lightning off with multiple priests of Baal? As I, I think that was Elijah.
1: Okay. Because I know that one of them, he was doing his laundry by the river, and two young men came and taunted him, and they said, "Hey, you bald head!" And then he had some she bears come and tear them to pieces. I think that may also have been Elijah, yes. That's Elijah. And then Elisha is the one that you said have played out for Passover, right? I think so. Okay. I'd have to look it up. All right. <laughs> okay. So, Um I like, Elijah. I like Elijah Rose as our, like, sort of war veteran, coal miner, cantankerous uncle. Or father, father. Father? Elijah um.
0: Rose. All right. We need one more important person for for jose's
1: character stanley what do we
0: got
2: right i think so we got sweet so right sweet so we have that so that's
1: one for you and one for both of us and then you get another one okay
2: i, I definitely want it to be another person from the city from the nearby city um that would help yeah oh um, hey uh,
1: are you into like the entertainment industry is your guy into entertainment at all Oh, yeah, probably. Absolutely. Uh, How do you feel about us having, like, a haunt that we always go to and drink, like, Dandelion Wine? Because that was also a, a collection of short stories by Ray Bradbury, like the Martian Chronicles was. And we'll be like, Dandelion Wine, like the Aristocrats of Earth used to drink. And we go to, like, a terrible karaoke bar where the owner always puts himself first and last. And we think that he's really good, but he's actually really terrible. And that's our guy. Or gal. Mm. Or, or, or gal. I mean, or gal, not, in a, fact, yeah. An animal woman or whatever it is. I really like the uh, the push towards diversity that you've put in all of your RPGs recently, Greg. I'm all for it.
2: I think, I think yeah, definitely a gal, I think. Okay, is. yeah, we can have another
1: another lady. Uh-huh. Like a non yeah. lady.
2: Yeah, let's see. Owner, owner of, a, of a karaoke bar. How, hmm. Would it be... I'm I kind of thinking in my head. What if karaoke is actually, like, the big thing in this city? Uh-huh. Like because because, like- because there's so much like media that's not necessary because there's so much like back history to oh
1: media. and karaoke is like our countercultural like weird media because it's just us in a room and it's not like us watching tv and being usurped by the man or whatever bullshit right like it, like it's get. yeah like
2: it's people like it's people getting together and again they're just doing something real by just singing <clears throat> these old songs from better days okay. so yeah like cool. yeah so like it's an actual like it's not necessarily a dive bar but we definitely go enough where that were where that were regulars and everybody does think that the the leader the 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 owner of the bar when she goes up and and starts and ends it's not necessarily because oh we think she's so great when she's bad it's literally because her doing this is such a big, big deal act and she's keeping this this place that matters so much to the city like alive for so long despite everything and despite the killer robots and despite you know the the the, the you know the the economy which can always go to shit like any time if it wasn't for a lot of the you know the Earth care packages and the and the tradings trainings and all that, so yeah.
1: So she's um, sort of the right, cultural This me a
2: name. I think so. Yes.
1: Oh. Ooh. What do you feel about her having like a mononym, like Madonna or Cher? She's just called one thing. There you go.
2: Um. Yeah, I could. I could do. Yeah, I think a a, a mononym could do, could be pretty good. I also. I think I want a real name too. I think. I think my character is on a first-name basis. With mm, I like that. What do you think of like
1: um, something from Greek or Roman mythology? Like that kind of thing? Like some kind of unattainable uh, ill type thing? Like think, Venus or like something like that? I Aphrodite. think your,
2: your Greek and, Greek and Roman is fine. I kind of want to go something a little bit different. Can we do okay. something from like American Tall Tales? Is there... Is there is like there a mononym
1: uh, from American? Oh, so like Slewfoot Sue, it's like Sue?
2: Yeah, or something Slewfoot. Like that. Yeah, yeah, Slewfoot. Yeah, Slewfoot. I like that. Okay,
1: cool. Okay, Slewfoot. I, and what is I, Slewfoot's I, I real how name? Simpatico. We are when you said American tall tales. I was just I was on top of that with both feet.
0: <laughs> All right. So what's Slewfoot's actual name? Ah. Uh, hmm.
1: Myrtle. Ah,
2: uh, I, I, I heard that like Myrtle. Myrna,
1: Myrna, yeah. But. All right. Really. So she had to change it from something.
0: Myrna, 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 Myrna. Yeah, I got nothing.
2: Uh, Are maybe, 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 Myrna, Myrna Patel. Okay. Was bud Patel.
1: Okay. Patel was good. Sure.
0: Myrna Patel. It is. All right. Okay. So I think we got this. Yeah, uh, if you guys want to scour, uh, you know, scour online for headshots of your characters oh, and their important funny. people, <laughs> sure. that'd be cool. And all right, I think we're done. We've got awesome. our cultural buffoon spider farmers of Mars ready for <laughs> the adventures that will begin next week on Termination Shock. So thank you very much, gentlemen.
1: Talk Absolutely. to you next Sunday Pleasure. at 1 o'clock. Okay. Uh, great. I had a great time. Thank you for inviting us. No problem. Talk to you then.
0: Termination Shock is released under Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike no-derivatives license. The music is courtesy of the Muse Open website and is a U.S. military band playing Holst's The Planets, the Jupiter Suite. This has been Termination Shock.